Welcome to the Unstoppable Business Podcast. Dive into top business trends, ideas, and tips to help you run a better business. Let's jump right in today with your host, Arun Mera. Hello, and welcome back to the Samara Global Podcast. Now, today we're going to be talking about um, the offshoring side of things where we've had some success, um, or real success, in setting up our own offshore center in India. And today I've also been joined by my colleague, Guggen, um, who manages the operation here in the UK and managing the team in India as well. So, hi, Guggen. How are you doing today? Hi, Aaron. Yes, very well. Thank you. Good. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thanks. So, Right, so we've 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 done things a bit differently, haven't we? Here at Samara, we always do. Okay, and certainly this time around, we've done one. We've done it differently. So just to give a bit of a bit of background to people, um, with Samara, our firm of accountants here in the UK, chartered accountants, we've been running it for almost twenty years, and over those twenty years, we've been um, offshoring and outsourcing to third party providers um, in India. Okay, to to do accounts, tax returns, um, payroll, all of these types of things, and in recent years, we kind of start 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 seeing the the um, problems, the quality drop, the costs rise, um, and we thought, you know what, we know enough to do this ourselves. So about this time last year, we took the decision, you know what, we're going to do it, okay? And myself and Guggen put our heads together, and we kind of jumped in with two feet, and pretty much 12 months on, we have a fully-fledged offshore operation, okay, for our firm, supporting our clients here in the UK. And Guggen, how's it gone? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a huge success, actually. Um, obviously, we anticipated a lot of the challenges we might face because of the experience we've had uh, with sort of other providers. And so we already had systems and processes designed and mapped out um, how we wanted the sort of team to function. Um, but uh, all in all, it's, it's gone really, really well. In fact, um, all our work is um, predominantly sort of processing work is all being done in India at the moment. And with our training and development program, the, we've seen a big rise in the quality and the confidence um, that the team possesses now compared to sort of when they joined um, uh, Samira uh, sort of some time ago. So, yeah, I, I think uh, overall it's been hugely successful for us uh, as a model. And we continue to grow every day. We are constantly hiring more team members we're upskilling uh, existing team members um and it's been it's it's gone really, really well so i'm very pleased about it yeah me me too definitely so as someone who when we, when we talked about it last year we walked away i think from accountants thinking should should we do it or not and we decided you know what we're going to do it and 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 we we jumped in with two feet and we did it so if, if you if we look at the real kind of core successes and maybe the top three things we've succeeded in doing in the last year, Guggen, with this, what would you say there would be? So I, I think uh, one of the key things that's really happened is that it's helped us control our cost. Um, and also at the same time, we've managed to uh, sort of find a solution to the resource problem we were actually having in the UK to find sort of the right skill set to service certain segments of the business um, that uh, was was becoming increasingly difficult uh, to find in the UK. And it, and it was sort of obviously uh, quite expensive uh, having that set up in UK. So I think that those one of the key benefits that's happened is, is that we've helped us control our cost and also um, to find the right sort of resource. Yeah. Uh, the second thing that's 
Can Sorry, I just can I just add it actually, Gogan? I think just to highlight to everybody else, and I've, I've heard this from other people, is that we, we we used recruitment consultants here in the UK, hired people. It was like a revolving door. Okay, the quality of people that we were getting through recruiters here in the UK was, um, firstly, not great. Secondly, very expensive, plus the recruitment fee on it. And that was kind of the impetus to say, you know what, we've got to do something different. And so if, if anyone's going through that situation, um, similar to that, that, that was the big driver for us to say, you know, well, I've had enough of this. I can't keep paying recruiter fees of, I don't know, five, six, f- five figure figures, okay, to people. And then realize six months down the line, they're doing a terrible job or they're leaving or whatever. And it was just very, very costly. So we had to do something different. And that was a real pain point for me as, as the kind of, the kind of principle of the firm. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of as Guggen highlighted. It's really, really alleviated that issue of um, finding good people and su- who can support our business here in the UK. Yeah, especially as we were growing, um, it, it it made it more and more difficult to sort of find the right people um, and and to sort of retain them really, or to retain the sort of quality of the work. Yeah. So I guess uh, that that's really the, the sort of the second success that we've had is that uh, through training and development, the quality of the work has is increasingly got better uh, and improved. And, uh, you know, we, we see that in the clients are very, very happy. We constantly get emails from the clients to tell us, thank you so much for turning this around quickly. Thank you so much for doing this efficiently. Um, you know, with the, the speed of response and the quality of the work has has uh, has really sort of uh, shot through the roof, which is which is really great to hear when you get an email from a client who appreciates uh, what they've received. Yeah, no, so that was agreed, agreed. And I think I think I think if I look at it, I think for many accountants, including myself, even though I've got Indian connections, it always people have this hesitancy: or should I be outsourcing, and should I be um, sending it overseas, and um, what will I tell my clients here in the UK? And when, I, when we and when we used to use a third party, we sold some clients, but not all clients. But now it's very very clear to all clients who are coming on board, new clients coming on board. We're saying we have our team in India, and this is what they do. You'll be liaising with some of these team members in India and with some of our team members here in the UK, um, but that's a key part of it, really. Um, and and if, if and if if you don't like that, well, you're probably not the right type of client for our firm as well, um, because we see the team members in India as 100% part of the whole Samara business, and so it's important that whether it's someone sitting in India or someone sitting in the UK, we're we're, we're doing the right thing and, and and developing our team and and helping them all achieve their goals, not just the people here in the UK but the team in India as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I guess hybrid working or remote working has been sort of uh, on the rise since uh, COVID. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, outsourcing has existed for 10 odd years and it may have not existed on the face of it, but it was always there behind the scenes. Sure. And it, it wasn't sort of very well known, but obviously it's more apparent now than it was before. Yeah. So I think... Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Sorry, carry on. So I think the the third thing that's really come out of this whole exercise, it's really helped us uh, scale. So uh, as 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 and when we get new clients onboarded, uh, at the speed of which we need to onboard them, service their needs. If we need more resource, we've been very fortunate to have a pipeline of really good candidates that we've screened 
and we've been able to sort of bring them on board and service our client needs at the pace we would not have been able to do so in the UK, mm. uh, which is one of the main reasons we really sort of had some struggles prior to setting up our outsourcing function, uh, a lot of which is, is, is now a distant memory. And, and that's a really positive step for us. So as a growing firm, uh, having something like that to fall back on and on demand to be able to increase the capacity in the team as we get new clients is, is absolutely imperative because we can't have the quality of the work suffering or the speed at which we deliver the work suffering in any way. Um, and the clients obviously appreciate that. So it's it's uh, for us, the quality is always uh, on top of the agenda. And that helps us deliver the, the quality at the speed that we wish to deliver. So that's one of the really positive steps that come out of uh, setting up our own outsourcing function. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's, it's what, what this highlighted to me, the world is a really, really small place. Okay. Um, and we're all shrunk with technology. We can all communicate. Our team in India work UK hours. Okay. And, um, we, we've stipulated that from day one. Um, so they're all, they've all got secure access to our server based here in the UK. So it's all kind of compliant. Um, they're all on teams. So we can do video calls when we need to with them. And, um, and, so whether they're sitting in Delhi or Chandigarh or whatever, it could be the equivalent of a team member sitting in Bristol or Bath or Leeds. Okay, um, they're working side by side, albeit virtually, sitting on our on our machine. But increasingly, what we are trying to do is also get the team members to meet um, our team here in the UK. So I've I've been lucky enough to go recently. Gug and I know is going soon to India to meet with them, and my colleague, another colleague, Natasha, is going soon. So it's an exciting time and. It's highlighting that we can create a build a global workforce um, in this marketplace um, to support clients here in the UK. And I think that's the real message here is that we don't just need to look insular within our four walls or in in our little world. If we can't find people, you can set up an operation elsewhere, whether it's and we've chosen India. Um, and we, because we know India very well, particularly, um, I, I do, and I know Gagan does as well. But I know other people have set up operations in places like South Africa or in the Philippines. Um, and I don't think the problem of staff or not finding good staff in the UK is going to go away. This problem is going to rise. It's not going to fall away. The, the, our aging population is a massive issue here in the UK and less and less people are. Um, qualifying as accountants or joining accountancy firms here in the UK. So what is the alternative? Yes, I hear you're going to say AI might help and that might help to some extent, but we still need good people. We still need good accountants and um, places in Asia certainly have a dearth of them if you kind of look for them and hunt them out and and, and manage to, to, to seek them out. So, yeah, it's been a... I was actually amazed, yeah, uh, Aaron, yeah. So to follow up on that. I was actually amazed at the quality and the skill set that's uh, available in India, especially for accountants mm. as uh, outsourcers. It was, uh, you know, there, there's, there's, there's quite a vast variety of skill set because I think it's, it's the outsourcing function doesn't only serve UK, but US, Canada, Australia, mm. various mm. other countries uh, around the world. And, and so as a result, you know, and this has been going on for almost a decade now. So there's a, a massive skill set in UK, uh, sorry, in India for, for the accountancy function. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, what's, what's happened though, Gug, and interestingly, I know when we started off outsourcing to a third party almost, what, almost 20 years ago, the skill set wasn't there. Okay. The quality wasn't as good and there weren't that many accountants what's obviously happened in the last 20 years is if you think about it the young what 70 percent of the population of india is now under 30 
okay, which is huge, okay, 70% of the population is under 30 of a population of about one and a half billion people. Now, therefore, a lot of people have gone in to train or learn and educate themselves as accountants, because um, they see there's a job opportunity, and then they can develop their careers. Um, and that's what we've seen in the probably probably in the last five to 10 years, so many young guys training to become accountants or qualifying or doing the basic BCom, then maybe doing ACCA or the equivalent. And, and, and it's these institutes like the ACCA, which are increasingly um, supporting client or accountants in India to get the qualification. So then they can become a global accountant. Maybe they may well be sitting in India, but their qualification counts here in the UK or in the US or wherever it may be. So the quality is improving. And I think it's improving every day, every year now, um, which is only a good thing for, for the industry. And it's actually great from a technology point of view, the the amount of control you have over data to comply with GDPR rules uh, compared to maybe five or 10 years ago. You know, we have our own secure servers. You know, we, we control the environment they operate in. Uh, you know, the data never leaves the UK. It, it's amazing the amount of control you can have with the right IT setup mm. um, for, for the uh, sort of sensitive information. Um, which obviously didn't, to my knowledge, didn't exist maybe ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, you're right, and I think I remember the days when I had to, I had I had a permanent person in my team who would scan documents sitting on on, <laughs> on a scanner, and then that would go to an FTP server sitting here in India, and then and there was no OCR or things like Dext or HubDoc or anything like that, and then some man in India would then try and plug it into a a file and then on our server onto into a QuickBooks file on our server and then we try and replicate and send the QuickBooks file back to the UK and it was just like so laborious it was and it was so costly and time consuming to do but now the technology is so so developed and so quick and and I I can see things with AI as will probably enhance it even quicker and better now so it's been a, it's been a really um exciting journey over the last 12 months and I think we've learned a lot um there have been some challenges as well, but that's part and parcel of it. Um, dealing with India certainly has its challenges, but um, everything is surmountable um, and, and achievable. But on those challenges, Gargan, what would you say are a couple of the challenges that we've faced and how did we address them? So I, I guess uh, some of the key challenges we've, uh, we've faced, um, first and foremost, was maybe around sort of the uh, finding the right people for our organization. So uh, although there's, there's uh, you know, uh, lots and lots of people out there who are looking uh, sort of for the right opportunity to grow and develop, uh, they may not have the necessary skill set. In some case, they may have the right skill set. And those who don't have the right skill set, they might have the right attitude. And they may be the right sort of person or they might have the right cultural awareness to be the right person in your organization, in which case you might want to sort of uh, upskill them and develop mm-hmm. them into the role that you want them to grow in. Uh, so it, it's worked out quite well for us. You know, we, we found a lot of people who had the right sort of foundation and those that didn't have the right sort of skill set in the roles that we wanted to, them to be in, we discussed the role with them. We explained to them that this is what we were looking to achieve out of this role. Is that something of interest to them? Uh, and then we designed a specific training and development program for them. Mm. Um, and the, the, that, that was a, that was one of the best investments we made in our team. And we continue to do so pretty much all the time, really. Every time, every year we have a review of these training and development programs. 
So we had a few people join, for example, as bookkeepers. They wanted to learn accounts finalization. So we introduced them to accounts finalization. They've gone on to become managers in accounts finalization in short space of time. Uh, we had some people who never had done tax returns. They're now completing tax returns, all it being re reviewed and finalized uh, by senior members of the team, uh, either in India or in UK. Mm. But all of the individuals who came in who didn't have these skill set, they've they've now acquired these skills. But finding the right person with the right attitude and the skill set initially um, did take a little bit of time, a filtering process. And that also meant that we reviewed our recruitment policies and procedures. And as we, uh, you know, tailored and adapted to the market, uh, we realized what is the best strategy when you're actually doing the recruitment, how you should go about it, what to look for in a skill set. So that took a little bit of learning on our part. Yeah, no, it did. Especially I, in India. Yeah, and we're still learning, to be honest with you. We, we don't have all the answers. Yeah. But I think what we've done is built a great, great network in India as well to support what we're trying to do. Um, what about things like communication? Um, what's the communication skills? What, what do you think that with the with the, the, the with the people in India, with the team in India? What's what's that like? Yeah, as you know, English is very widely spoken in India in, uh, across all states. So, uh, so in terms of basic communication skills, a lot of the professionals will have good communication skills, but there will always be a gap between communication uh, being done at a professional level in India and in UK. Uh, not necessarily at, at sort of a, at a senior level, but maybe when you're sort of coming in at a more mid-senior or a junior level, you'll have that uh, gap in communication. But um, I guess we've addressed that using uh, training through emails, having actual uh, training courses specifically uh, towards communication, doing team building exercises, doing role plays. And we've seen a big difference in how somebody approaches and constructs a sentence now than what they were doing maybe sort of when they joined. Yeah. Um, and also how we then go back and forth in terms of communication, in terms of when we write an email, how they read it and how they write an email and how we read it. That's much more aligned now in terms of understanding rather than what it was maybe sort of nine months ago or a year ago. Yeah. Okay. No, no, it's good to hear. And I, when I speak to everyone, I think communication is actually pretty good. I think it's 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 confidence. I think usually the issue is the issue as opposed to communication that they may not be speaking English so often. So now for now they're speaking English on a day to day basis, and they have the, and they know it and they've learned it and they can speak it, but they lack the confidence. So it's the, our job here in the UK team is to help them build their confidence to feel comfortable speaking English day to day, writing English day to day, um, which is which is all very doable. And um, we've seen a marked difference over the last few months as people gain confidence. And when they when, when people feel confident, they feel good about themselves, they do a better job, and ultimately we get a better result um, in the business as well. Um, so that's that's been really, really good. So it's been a great um, kind of 12 months in, in summary. Yeah. Really, really, had a, yeah. We had quite a few people come back and actually thank us for yeah. the you know, time we've spent in their sort of development, mm. uh, especially when it comes to communication or team building exercises we've done. Yeah. I've often had very good feedback, people coming back and, and a one-to-one -one conversation say that this exercise was very fruitful and as a result of it, they feel more happier, they, they feel like they, they can achieve more. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's obviously resulted in better quality of the work for them. 
and they're more open to sharing that knowledge with everybody else. So it's actually it's, it's sort of spreading that sort of um, confidence doesn't sort of stay, stay with one person in the team because they then spread it across with everybody else. So it multiplies the effect as it sort of ventures into the rest of the team. Yeah, so... So in summary, I think it's been a great 12 months. I think there's still a long way to go. Um, but we've, the, the hardest step is taking that first step, um, in, in, in doing it. And we did it and we did, we've done it successfully. We're still there to, to, to tell the tale. And, um, and it's only, as Guggen mentioned earlier, it's given us a real opportunity to scale, to scale quickly. Um, any last comments from your side, Guggen, on this podcast today? Yeah, if, if anybody is thinking about uh, this entire outsourcing structure and uh, or, or concerned about resourcing UK, whether the right skill set or even the cost of it all, I, I think it, it's, it, it sort of appears very daunting at step one to think, how is this going to work? I've got these questions, how is this going to work? And it's, it's useful to then have a conversation. Um, you know, I, I welcome them to sort of uh, reach out to somebody who has done it and and sort of, um, you know, clear their thoughts and take the first step. I really definitely encourage take the first steps. Mm. The, the sooner you do it, the, the sooner you will find that, you know, step one was the hardest step and step two comes in naturally once you've taken step one. And then before you know it, you're well into your journey and you make a success out of it. Yeah. But yeah, definitely the hardest thing is to take one step one. So I encourage anybody who's listening and, and wants to get into this to take step one. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I think so. Just to, to end today, I think if anyone is looking to set up their own offshore center or not sure what to do or how to do it, just give me a shout. Um, all my details are on this podcast or come to samaraglobal.com and you'll find all the details there. Okay, well, thank you, Guggen, today. Um, brilliant to t- chat to you and uh, we look thank forward, you. no worries, and we look forward to the, the next podcast um, sharing our knowledge and experience. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for another episode of the Unstoppable Business Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it today and please do share us on social media and make sure you do subscribe. Thank you very much.